You're listening to To Succeed, Just Let Go, a podcast that'll change how you think and change your life. I'm Willie Horton and I'm a psychologist. I've been helping people change their lives since 1996. Broadcasting from the French Alps and delighted to have you along. Let's take this week's step in the right direction. We lead challenging and complicated lives, or at least maybe we just make them challenging and we certainly complicate them. Because at its most basic level, we live now and now and now and now. And there's nothing complicated in that. There's nothing complicated in breathing in and out. There's nothing complicated in doing what you have to do now, even if the task in itself is complex. So many people crave balance in their lives. So many people crave simplicity. I was reading a story. It isn't a story. It's a true story in in the Guardian newspaper a couple of weeks ago about uh, an ex-prisoner who is now a Michelin-starred chef in the south of France. And it made the point that his mother and father had moved to the Ardèche area of the south of France in the 1970s, looking for a simpler life. And I was talking to somebody else about this a couple of days ago, and they said, is that not what you did when you moved to the Alps? And the answer to that is, I don't know, for the simple reason that we never analysed why we were moving to the Alps. We never thought about it. We never evaluated the pros and cons. We were in flow at the time. And as I've said before, we did what we did because it felt like the right thing to do. And therein, by the way, lies the essence of living your life to the full. Can we do that all the time? Not 100% sure about that. We're only human after all. Can we do it most of the time? Yeah, I think we can do that most of the time every day. I didn't say most of the time some days or most of the time most days. I said most of the time every day. When we do that, when we hit flow, and we talked about flow in last week's episode in the context of time and the relativity of time and how when we're in flow, there is a timeless quality about our lives on the one hand. And on the other hand, things fall into place for us in a timely fashion. But when we are in flow, we find balance in our lives. Not full of the people struggle, for example, with work-life balance. And you may be forgiven for thinking that if you work for an organization or a corporation that requires you to work X number of hours every day, that there's nothing you can do about work-life balance. Work-life balance has nothing to do with time. Work-life balance is, like most things in life, a state of mind. For starters, most people take their work too seriously. Now, I'm going to immediately qualify what I've just said, because I am not suggesting for one minute that the work that we do should be viewed as flippant or that we should only give it our cursory attention. That isn't what I said at all. Most people take their work too seriously. In other words, they take it personally. They think that it is a matter of life and death. They think that they are indispensable. I was talking to one particular person yesterday 
who is due to leave the job she's been in for nearly two decades later this year. And she said, I know that there will be no tears on that day from anybody, not just from her. She said, I know that I am not indispensable. She said, sometimes the knowledge actually hurts a little bit, but I know the minute they walk out the door, they'll say, who? Who are you talking about? In exactly the same vein as I was talking to a very good friend of mine, long-standing client of mine who retired last year. About a year before that, another one of his cohort, a fellow senior leadership team member, left the company after having worked with them for about 20 years. And my friend decided that for the following few days, he would count how many times the name John, that wasn't his name, but we'd say it's his name, the name John Murphy was actually said. It wasn't said once in the following week by anybody. The guy was gone and forgotten. All too often, people will only realize their dispensability when it has actually happened. After suffering, and I mean literally suffering, in particular suffering from stress, years in the belief that what they were doing was indispensable, that they themselves were indispensable, and therefore their work had to occupy most of their waking hours and occupy most of their mind. I've used the word occupy deliberately. Let me tell you why. Have you ever been talking to somebody and clearly they're not listening? And you say to them, are you not listening to me? And they say to you, oh, I was preoccupied with something else. That's what I actually mean. You see, our heads are like large attics. Now, first of all, they're occupied by your own thoughts, which is an awfully dangerous thing. We've talked about that so many times. And let me look at it from a slightly different perspective here, because those thoughts create further thoughts about the work that you are doing, crucial work that you think in relation to which you're indispensable, the work that you're doing, which takes on a life of its own and has nothing to do with the work that you're actually doing for the simple reason that thoughts that you used to preoccupy yourself with thinking about work were created by the pre-occupying thoughts. In other words, the thoughts that were already occupying your head, the thoughts that have been occupying your head since you were three or four years old. We know from research in the neural lab at the University of California in Los Angeles, that normally on a normal waking day, the mind is bombarded by 70,000 thoughts on average, generally speaking, obviously. But the really interesting thing about that research is that largely, and I mean 97%, of today's thoughts are the same as yesterday's and tomorrow will be a repeat performance. In other words, if you're thinking about your work, you're not really thinking about your work at all. You're thinking about thinking about your work. In other words, what is preoccupying you was actually created by the thoughts that were preoccupying your mind. We need, first of all, to realize that, generally speaking, I'm going to clarify it in a minute, but generally speaking, business work is a game. It's not real life. Real life happens outside business and work. Now, I suppose it depends on what you're doing. I would regard the work that I do as an integral part of my life. 
I would regard the kind of work that I do as something that actually might help other people live their lives better. Having said all of that, I don't regard the work that I do as work at all, because I love what I do. It might be best described as a labour of love. I love talking to people on Zoom. I love talking to people one to one. I love recording these podcasts. I love what I do and therefore, you know, the old expression that once you find something that you love to do, you'll never work another day in your life. That's true. That is true. But what I ensure that I do is that when I am doing this, in inverted commas, work, I am doing it in a way whereby it fits around the life that I want to live or the life that I am living, the life that I love to live. In other words, and you might say it's easy for me, but we'll, bear with me for a minute. In other words, my work fits around my life. Most people's life fits around their work. And unfortunately, their work takes up so much time or they think that it takes up so much time. There's never enough room for life. Now, somebody said to me a couple of weeks ago on their retirement, they looked back over the last 37 years in the one company where they had risen right to the top and where they believed themselves to be so important. And just after their retirement, they said to me, what was that all about? I don't think about it anymore. No one ever contacts me about it anymore. My name is never mentioned anymore. What was that all about? All those late night meetings, all those deadlines, all those life and death decisions that I had to make, what was it all for? And I said to him, well, at least you're not like the uncle of a friend of mine who uttered those very words, but on his deathbed. A friend of mine, I've mentioned him before. He's the guy who his uncles laughed at him when he was singing, how much is that doggy in the window? Program owners will know exactly who I'm talking about straight away. One of his uncles lay on his deathbed and my friend travelled up the country to be with him for his last hours. And the uncle's last words to my friend were, his eyes flickered open and he said, what the hell was that all about? 76 years of age. 76 years of nows. Gone peed down the drain. And I'm deliberately using that expression because that's what it amounts to. If you are not turning up to your life in a balanced way, which is what this podcast episode is all about, in the here and now, your life is literally passing you by. And you don't even know it. Most people don't know it. 96% of people don't even know it. By virtue of the fact that you're actually listening to this, you may be aware that you're peeing some of your life away. And that in itself is an amazing enlightenment because it means that you are aware it means that you haven't suddenly stumbled onto the first step on the road to awareness or the stairs or ladder to awareness no the fact that you're aware that you might be peeing some of your life away is awareness in itself let me get back to this balance that I'm talking about. I've often said to people that, you know, when it comes to work-life balance, it doesn't matter how many hours you spend at work or how many hours that you spend at home. It's all about what attitude you bring to each and every now. In other words, the balance that you're looking for will never be found on the clock-in and clock-out clock. The balance you're looking for is to be found between your own two ears. Well, that simplifies something that is actually even simpler. 
because the bit of equipment between our own two ears is awfully complicated. The fact of the matter is that regardless of the major strides in neuroscience over the last 20 years, the human brain is still largely an enigma. What you as a human being are not. Because we know from modern science that you are a manifestation of vibrating energy. We know that your vibrating energy either vibrates coherently, synchronistically, in harmony, or it's all over the place. We know that what dictates the manner in which your energy is vibrating is what is going on between your own two ears. That means when you begin to get clarity between your own two ears, regardless of the complexity of the brain, different hormones, different neurotransmitters fly around the system. Cortisol, for example, the stress drug, if I can call it that, is no longer pumped into your system. And the disharmony in the normal body created by disharmony in the normal mind dissipates, goes away reverts to the nothingness that in reality it actually is. Because even though you might have high blood pressure or a heart condition or be overweight as a result of stress, now you may not link any of the things that I've just said, but I'm telling you there is a whole bunch of research over the last three or four decades in relation to the links between every condition that I've just mentioned and stress. But if you're experiencing any of those things as a result of stress, the experiences are real, the physical conditions are real, but the cause is not. Because, as we've said before, stress is something that we do to ourselves. Stress is what leads to the imbalance in our bodies and in our lives. And once we take that away, everything returns to its true nature. Once we take away the stress that is caused by us thinking too much about who we think we are as a result of those preoccupying thoughts that I mentioned earlier on, we return to our native perfect nature. Our energy hums in harmony. And our energy humming in harmony creates a coherent electromagnetic pulse in our energy field. And our energy field, which is most visible to us in our physical bodies, in other words, what we're actually looking at when we look in the mirror, that energy field sends out pure photons of light that carry messages from us out into the universe. They carry messages to the people around us. So in other words, people are aware of our state of mind. We all know that state of mind is, is, is on the contagious side anyway, don't we? If somebody's in bad mood, they'll generally drag you down. That's not because they're sending out negative messages, by the way. It's because they're not sending out any messages at all, because they're not literally shining their light, because the incoherence in their own energy field, in their own bodies, is such as to suppress their ability to send out any messages 
at all. So what do you get? You get a big black hole. And what does the big black hole try and do? Tries to swipe your energy. That's why we referred to negative people before as energy vampires. That is why I've used that phrase, energy vampires, an awful lot over the years when I talk about what I describe as normal crazy people. Now, again, even today, somebody has said to me, that's a derogatory remark, normal crazy people. Yeah, it might be a derogatory remark, but it's a scientific fact for anybody who's not in control of their own emotions, who is a walking big black hole, who is not sending out messages into the people around them and out into the universe, who is basically dead from the neck up. And for that matter, because what's going on in their heads dictates what's going on in their bodies, they are rotting from the neck down too. Now, you might say to yourself, hold on, this is awfully strong language, but let me put it another way. If you are ill at ease in your mind, you are going to suffer dis-ease in your body because of the disruption of your own energy. That's it in a nutshell. All this disruption to our energy as a result of a muddled state of mind means that if you are in one of those jobs that you think is a matter of life and death, if you do think that you are indispensable, if you are waking at four o'clock in the morning, reminding yourself to do something or worrying about whether you had done something the previous day, or if you are trying to figure out problems in the middle of the night and breaking out in a cold sweat, it's because you haven't found the balance in your own mind and in your own body. That balance is to be found through presence. And that presence actually brings about a totally different way of you performing your work. And most importantly, turning up to your life. Largely, generally speaking, as I said a few minutes ago, business is a game. And unfortunately, business is often a game with money being the main priority. Unfortunately, for a lot of people who are climbing the greasy pole of their careers, they're doing it for money too. Some of them might be doing it for power or prestige, but what comes with power or prestige? The ability to show off your power and prestige. As I said to somebody a couple of months ago, who was right in the middle of major conflict in a management team, I said, all this conflict has come about as a result of love. And he looked at me and said, what? What are you talking about? As a result of love? I said, yes, a deep and abiding love. What? He said, yeah. I said, a deep and abiding love of money. The root of all evil. Maybe it isn't, maybe it isn't. Maybe thought is the root of all evil. Maybe the pre-occupying thoughts that I've talked about earlier on today, maybe that's the root of all evil. Certainly, if you look at the way nations go head to head against each other, or tribes or sects, or different classes in society, or different belief systems go head to head with each other. If you go back to the roots of where all that came from, it all came from thought. Leave that one hanging there, because we're not going to save the world today. We're not going to change the world today. What we're talking about today is changing your world. And because we send out photons of light as a result of having changed our world, it has an impact, first of all, on the proximate world right around us. But then it has an impact on the greater world too. There's a whole lot of science behind that as well, which I'm not going to go into today. 
I want to come back to balance. And for starters, finding balance between your work activities or your business activities and the life that you're supposed to be enjoying to the full. There is no dichotomy here. You know, if you don't like the work that you're doing at the moment, you have a choice. And it's a really simple choice. It's a binary choice. You can either change the work you're doing or change your mind. In other words, change how you feel about what you're doing. Change how you think about how you feel about what you're doing. It's transformative because hard work is only hard because you're struggling to do the work that you're doing through thinking about it being hard or through thinking about the fact that you don't like the work you're doing or you wish you were somewhere else or you wish you could spend more time at home with your kids, for example. You know, the another old expression, nobody lies on their deathbed and says, I wish I'd spent more time in the office. But look at it this way. If I were to fully turn up to the job I have to do today and just do the job I have to do today, how much easier would it be to just do the job that I'm doing today instead of trying to struggle to do the job that I have to do today through the preoccupying thoughts that are holding me back? It's a game changer. I have to tell you that because you will find, first of all, that you're wasting most of your day at work, not doing what you're supposed to be doing, but instead trying to wade through thinking about doing what you are doing or feeling guilty about putting off something that you know you needed to do or cutting corners. I've spoken before about what that leads to. You know, I've talked about electricians cutting corners, cutting the wrong wire and basically killing themselves. We've talked about that before. Mindlessness. And it all flows from you not taking charge of your own state of mind. In my experience, my considerable experience, I'm 27 years almost doing this, and I already had 16 years in senior management, six years right at the top of senior management in large corporations before I started working for myself. You might say to yourself, what age is this guy? I'm almost 64, and I started young. But in my considerable experience, including my personal experience, the most successful people in the world, the happiest people in the world, are the people who, in the words of Nike, just do it. They just do what they have to do. They will not be distracted by the normal crap that the black holes of energy vampires try to get us involved in. What am I talking about? Gossip. Backstabbing wasting time, moaning, all the stuff that takes you away from just doing what you have to do. Now, if you are surrounded by a load of those black holes at work, you have to manage yourself, not them, manage yourself to ensure that you don't get sucked into their black holes. And that does not take time. What takes up your time is allowing yourself to get sucked into those black holes. Now, what you do is you ensure that they drift on by. Let them suck some other person's energy dry. Or maybe through your own presence, they might eventually get the message and begin to shine their own light too. But coming back to the key point that I just alluded to a moment ago, in my experience, the people who are most successful in their work, 
be that in large corporations, at the top of large corporations, working in small businesses or working for themselves, the people who are most successful are the people who appear to have lots of time on their hands. Now, this goes right back, doesn't it, to what we were talking about last week, where we were talking about the really top flight sports people appearing to have more time on the ball, so to speak. And the point that I made was they actually do have more time on the ball because time is relative. People who know exactly what they're doing and why they're doing it will only do it. They won't do anything else. And that means that they might get what would take a normal black hole person a whole day to do. They might get that done in three hours. Now think of all the other things that they could do with the time they've freed up. Actually, just as I say that, it occurs to me a conversation that I had with one of the most high-performing leadership teams with whom I have ever worked. Conversation with that team springs to mind. Many years ago, I asked, it was a group of eight people in the room, I asked those eight people to put on a flip chart or a couple of flip charts all of the things they did every day that they shouldn't be doing at all. Took them about, gave them about 20 minutes to do it. And then they read out what they'd written down. And they were all kind of broadly in agreement. There were two presentations and they all bounced the ideas off each other. And they came up with a joint list of the things they shouldn't be doing at all. And I said to them, if you stopped doing those things, how much more time would you have every day? And they said, we'd probably have about three hours a day more. I said, so you're telling me that if you stop doing the things you shouldn't be doing, you would have two extra working days a week available to you. I said, think of all the other things that you could do with those two extra days. You could have a four-day working week and a three-day weekend, or a three-day working week and a four-day weekend, or you could do things that the normal mind could never have imagined. And that is actually ultimately what they found themselves doing as a result of having freed their mind and realizing the fact is an actual fact that it doesn't matter how long you spend at your work. What matters is what you produce as a result of your work. And that means everything changes for the simple reason that if I've stopped doing what I shouldn't be doing, I'm going to find balance in my life because the minute I come home in the evening, I'm going to realize I shouldn't be thinking about work anymore. So I've left that in the office or I've left it in the factory. At the very least, I've left it outside the front door. I've begun to realize that I can live my life moment to moment. And that the moments that I'm at work, that matter, I'm just doing what I'm doing. And the moments that I am at home with people that I claim to love, because I'm present, I am actually there for them. And I do love them. And it makes such an enormous difference. The balance that you're looking for is the balance that is freed up in your energy when you take control of your own state of mind. That balance will ensure that in everything in your life, you give everything in your life just the right dose of your energy and attention. It's what's called moderation in most things. And obviously, 
as somebody doing the work that I do, I would urge you, urge you to be moderate in everything you do. Moderation in everything, including moderation itself, except one thing. We need to meditate every day. We need to call ourselves to mind every day. We need to remind ourselves to be aware every day because otherwise the preoccupying thoughts in our head will meddle with us. We'll try to recreate the black hole that we once were before we started out on this journey to the life that we're now living effortlessly to the full. Thank you for joining in this week. Who knows what we'll be talking about next week. I hope you got a little something out of it today. And the key message, I suppose, ultimately is you just need to let go, just let go of all those preoccupying thoughts. And that's why we need to meditate without moderation. You've been listening to To Succeed, Just Let Go. To get involved, join me in my Facebook group, strangely enough called To Succeed, Just Let Go. And for more information, visit www.willie-dash.com 